afternoon, folks. This is Rob McIntosh with the Unsilent Majority on Thursday, September 3rd. Making sure everybody's doing well out there. We're just holding our own here and back on another podcast. And I want to talk about a few things today. One I would love to address, I want to address the idea of cyberbullying. And to me right now, it's an important, very important issue I know some of you are going to turn this on and then shut it off right away because it doesn't affect you. I thought that was the case till um, two days ago when I ran into a situation with a, as most of you know, I am a former coach and have coached a long time, uh, 34 years to be exact, 35 years to be quite honest. And I had an issue with a former player and um, I had wrote something to him in regard to his Facebook post and he started getting very personal. So why this is becoming an issue is I I see how people get upset and get caught up in this idea of being bullied online. And, you know, uh, growing up, I never thought bullying was a big deal. We dealt with it as kids, you know, conflict management and conflict, conflict resolution you know, quote-unquote, down the park, if you will. Boston accent comes out when I say that. And those are things that we were taught and we learned. We learned how to, you know, not cheat or cheat without getting caught, whatever term you want to use. And we just learned, you know, conflict resolution and things of that nature. And bullying was part of it. It certainly was. We've all gone through it in school. We all may have been a little different and things of that nature. And you know, dressed a little differently, uh, didn't have the up-and-coming clothes, and you know, all all that, all kids, all the things that kids go through. But I never thought, as a an adult, that I would have a situation where I would be bullied into having my past thrown in my face, and um, in a very, very derogatory way. I was accused of being a racist, and I hope anybody out there that listens to me would think otherwise. I don't know what people think, nor can I concern myself with that. I know in my heart of hearts that I am not a racist. I um, I am a man that treats people the way that I am treated, have always been that way, always will continue to be that way, and I don't hold the attitude of a few against the attitude or up against the attitude of the group. You know, the the sum is... um, you know, the parts are greater than the sum, and each part is their own entity, so you can't hold that against the sum, if that makes any sense. But what, why it, I wanted to discuss it today is because I was supposed to have some people on, and I canceled them, just so you know. I had a couple people coming on today, and I canceled them, and I know I keep promising people to come on, and they will be coming on, and just stick with me. Bear with me, folks. They will be coming on. I promise you that. Uh, today I canceled them because they had nothing to add to this conversation as far as bullying goes. And 
I was just taken aback to the point that I am taking my Facebook account off of, you know, obviously the medium off of Facebook. I have suspended it for a while and I plan on going back at some point, but I think it was time to reevaluate what it is that I wanted to accomplish on Facebook other than stay in contact with people back home. And um, it's not working out that way. And like I said, uh, as of two days ago on the first, I had this encounter with the former player and what he said was other than calling me a racist, he made disparaging remarks about my wife, my former wife, and uh, told me that he went out of his way to hurt my daughter intentionally, physically, um, during a football practice. So for anybody that was wondering what was going on that was on Facebook and when I wrote my so-called farewell, that what that is what it was about. Uh, I can stand a lot of things. I can be stand you know, you can call me names, you can call me whatever you like. You can question my motives, you can question my integrity, you can question what I've done in the past. I own all of that. I, I get it. I belong. It belongs to me. I belong to it. I can't run from it. I get all of those points and I get all that goes along with it. But, you know, if there's anybody that wants to call in, I would love for anybody to call in today that has been bullied and has experienced it, 617-233-6543. Again, that's 617-233-6543 or coachesquips at gmail.com, coachesquips at gmail.com. You know, when we ask about being bullied, we tend to forget there are, are things, various ways of being bullied. Now, Again, I'm a big boy. I can take criticism. I can, can take most remarks. But I think when you show the intent to go out of your way to hurt someone or to disparage anything they may or may not have done based upon the facts that you perceive to be true and are completely wrong, and you use that against them, that is what is bullying. And I understand now, even as an adult, how young children, you know, school-aged children, allow these things to overtake them and put them in a sort of malaise or, or depression. And I'm not saying I, that happened to me. Uh, what I'm saying is I could certainly relate to that. And I'll tell you, you know, when the comments were made, at first you, you, you're stunned that someone would go to that level of malicious, direct, hurtful, venomous anger. I would rather take a punch in the mouth than talk about or tell me that you deliberately hurt my child. Any parent out there I know would agree. Again, I've own, I own everything I've done. There's no way of walking away from it. Anybody that knows me knows my past. I don't walk away from my past. You know, I had to leave the sheriff's department for an addiction problem, and I got myself in a little bit of hot water and, you know, uh, I developed a criminal record because of it. 
And that is just a small chapter of the story in which the book of what I am is in my life. And why I thought I would talk about this today, kind of just me alone, even though it's been that way so far on this journey on the podcast of the Unsilent Majority Coaches Quips, why I so wanted to talk about it was because it makes you reevaluate who you have and who you do not have in your life. And I'm not saying I'm jumping to God and turning to the church and all of those things. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is you evaluate who and what is important to you. Now, for me, what's important to me is my daughter, uh, my partner and my female partner and that lives in Canada. She's very important to me. Uh, more so than anything except my daughter. My ex-wife is important to me. Uh, we may not be married any longer, but she's still very important to me because she's my daughter's mother. And, um, you know, when you start taking and making remarks in that regard to hurting me through them based on nothing they have done, That's where I take offense to anybody that thinks bullying is okay. And I am actually now going to find a way to get involved in cyberbullying to prevent it. Uh, I never thought about it. And I had a conversation with my brother yesterday and he, he made an excellent point and I have to commend him on it. He said, uh, you know, nobody gets involved in these type of things. You don't get involved. I sh well, his statement was nobody, but what he meant is most people don't get involved in things until they direct it directly affects them. For example, people don't, you know, they do, but not the majority of people don't give to, you know, juvenile diabetes or cancer, or, you know, up in Boston, the Jimmy fund, they don't get involved. They'll give money, but they don't get involved until it directly impacts them. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't. I had a. I have a child that's my child. She's now 23. She was never that I am aware of. She never told me. Well, I was never a victim. I don't even want to use that term, but never uh, involved in cyber bullying. I know she didn't cyber bully anybody or bully anybody at all, even in person. So it was never an issue for us. And now that it is hit close to home and made me rethink what it is that I do, did and do for people or have done for people, it is making me reevaluate whether or not that was the best path for me regardless of the outcome. So when the outcome becomes something negative, and I know I'm going to lose viewers on this, or listeners on this one, and, I, and that's fine, I understand, but it's just me venting a little bit and getting this off my chest. Why it, we have such an impact on people that we don't even realize it is, you know, our actions and our words 
can either lift someone up very high or bring them down to in a, in a state of despair. And when it's deliberate, to me, that is just not what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, and that's being polite about it. it. It's not what we're designed for. It's not who we are about or what we are about as a people. Now, again, I'm not saying I turned back to church or, you know, but I had to reevaluate was, you know, was all these years of coaching and missing, you know, dinners and recitals and time with my daughter and time to be a better husband and time to be a better father, be a better husband, be a better brother, uncle, so forth and so on. What was it all for? Because let's face it, now I am down here where I am in Florida by myself, living by myself. I stay in communication with my family, meaning my daughter and my ex-wife. I obviously stay in touch with my significant other on a daily basis. But I have no relationship with any of those people other than my significant other. And I say I don't have a relationship. I speak to my daughter. I see my daughter when it's convenient for her. I get that that's the maturation of life. I understand that. But when this was happening to me on Tuesday and reiterated yesterday by a phone call when this person went out of their way to call me and, and bash me some more, Again, it's not the bashing that bothers me. It's the result of what I did by trying to make a difference and questioning whether or not I really made a difference in a kid's life or a player's life. And by trying to make that difference, how much have I sacrificed in my own life and my own family? That's why when I was talking to various people, and they were very supportive, they, they were outstanding, including, you know, uh, my significant other. She was incredible. And, of course, she wants to stay positive and, and wants what's best for me. But now you, you think all 35 years of coaching, coaching as a young guy to the age I am today, was it a waste of time? And, you know, I know there are going to be guys out there that, and they're being polite, I get it. It's just the way it works. I, I know they're being polite saying, you know, no, you, you did this and you did that and I learned this and you learned that and you made me laugh here and you, all of the positive things that come from coaching. I get all that. I understand that. But their understanding and getting that from me at the cost of monetarily value of not working overtime and making as much money as I possibly could have, um, spending money where I didn't need to, meaning, you know, kid didn't have a piece of equipment, I would buy it, whatever the case may be, or just the time away from the family when that time can never be recovered. Money can be recovered. You can always work it, work again and get it. But I can never get that time back with my daughter. I will never ever, not that I'm looking to, but I will never ever rekindle anything with my ex-wife. And I know this is a somber type of subject matter, but 
you know, you, you, you run and run and run and run, and then you, you start walking after you break your ankle, if that makes any sense. And the point I'm trying to make is I was gang gung-ho and gangbusters and, and running and going crazy about my podcast and life in general. And, you know, we got to stay and do all the moral integrity type things that we're supposed to be doing and stay to the center and right and, you know, stand up for values. And my values took a punch in the mouth. Now, again, I don't have a problem with me being insulted or me being ridiculed or me being called names. It's not the first time nobody laughs at themselves more than I do. And I think that's a sign of a lot of things. You know, but why this is dragging on me and it it almost tore me. I wasn't going to do a podcast today. I wasn't. And I said, you know what? There are people out there that are avid listeners and they deserve to hear whatever I got to say. Now, if they shut me off and tune me out, then that's on them. That they, That's their right. But I don't think I'm doing them a, a service or I'm doing them a disservice if I don't fulfill my end of it by making a podcast. And I know this is somber and you don't want to hear it. And I get all that. I do. But... I was all set to give this up as well. And then I had people say, no, keep your opinion out there. There are people that like to hear it. There are people that are inspired by it. And that's nice. And it's nice. Because now is a time of my life where, you know, my relationship or lack thereof with my daughter is mine, mine to hold and not to hold whatever. My relationship or lack of it with my ex-wife is never going to change. And my personal relationship with my significant other is mine and that's you know for me to either build up which i've learned through this that i have to or is it me to just throw away and i'm certainly not going to do that because you know there's no better feeling than to have the support of someone in your corner because they look hurt when you are and you know when you video talk with someone because they're you know 1300 miles away and they have an expression on their face of pain, you know that they're, uh, they're upset for you. So that's why I said I need to do this today. And again, I, I, I apologize for this, and I'm probably doing way too much of that. And back, we'll be back on board on Tuesday with a regular podcast, and I'm going to have a gentle friend of mine, William Toro, on Tuesday, who is a great guy, and he's got some a new book out and we're going to promote his book and what's going on with it. But I just had to today in a short span of about 20 minutes, get my point across of how we as individuals, I think we realize what we're doing and what is going on in this country is really tearing us apart as a collective people. Now, you may think that that's sad, which I agree. You may think, well, you know, we got to blame one guy, and that's the president. I don't know if you blame him for any of the things that are going on. And how I relate this to nationally is because this is what we're doing. We're not listening to the other side. We're not sitting down and having civil discourse and saying, you know what, I understand your point, but I disagree with you. We're just making it a personal attack. And why I put it on a national level is I don't know how a guy like our president deals with this on a daily basis. 
Now, I know there are people out there that hate me, that or dislike me for, you know, a better politically correct term. I get that. I understand that. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've hurt a lot of people. I've wronged a lot of people in my life. I get all that. I understand that. But I don't have to deal with that on a daily basis. How this man gets up and has the fight every day of his life for a job that he doesn't get paid for to battle for people he doesn't know because he thinks it's the right thing to do. I don't know where he gets the energy because I, you know, this one person of all the many kids, young men and women for that matter that I have coached, one person in 35 years tore me down. And I don't know how a guy like President Trump deals with it on a daily basis. People that were friends when he was giving the money now are enemies. You know, like the Clintons. You know, when he was given the money and promoting them for higher office and whatnot, they loved him. And now when he decided to get in the rat race and become a candidate and then become president, he's public enemy number one. It's crazy, folks. We're killing each other and we don't even see it. And we're killing each other from within. We're tearing each other apart. So when tearing each other apart, we're basically making people's lives more difficult than it needs to be. Now, again, this is a diatribe. I get it. And I'm not going to apologize anymore because I'm sure at this point you're sick of me apologizing. But today's podcast is going to be shorter than normal. Uh, my heart's not in it today. Uh, I'm dealing with this and a few other issues in my life, but I guarantee it will be back on track on Tuesday. I do have Mr. Toro coming on. He's a friend of mine from the Boston area. He's got a great book out about the corruption in the city of Somerville, Massachusetts, and I'm going to give him an opportunity to promote his book and talk about the upcoming election. He may be on for the whole half hour. I don't know. We're going to talk about it and get it together, but today I just needed this time for myself and for people like Shannon, who's a is uh, loyal as you're going to find a listener and helping me promote this podcast. And she was kind of the reason why I did this. And I'm sure she probably shut me off by now. But for people like her who listen and uh, support me and uh, find things for me to put on and talk about and find things to further my opinion and make sure that I give you a decent podcast and not just diatribe of nonsense, facts is the point. Uh, this is for you, Shannon, and uh, again, today I wasn't going to do this, but I felt I was obligated to, and um, let me just say this, for the kids that are out there that if you're listening, if you're listening to a podcast of this nature, or your parents do, take time to understand that there are mean people in the world for no other reason than to upset you and hurt you. You are better than what they say you are. You can be anything and anybody you want to be in life. And the key is you just be yourself. Do not apologize for who you are. Be kind to other people. And hold your parents and or guardians in the highest esteem. Because before you know it, they are gone. To any parents out there that are listening, if you know your son or daughter or nieces or nephews 
are bullying anybody, put a stop to it. You could, or your child could be the direct result in someone getting them into trouble or more serious things, hurting themselves over comments that are made and things that are said. And I know that's not the approach that people want to hear and they want to have the tough guy approach, but you know what? You don't know how you react till it happens to you. And um, we need to take care of each other and just be good to ourselves and be good to others. These are the days that I miss my mother and father. Uh, they're both long gone. And especially my dad, because my dad had a lot of wisdom and he would just, you know, talk you through things. My mother was kind of pulled. Pull up your bootstraps, get back in the fight, and knock the nonsense off. And that's how her, that's how she was. She was a Marine, and she was tough as nails. Dad, believe it or not, was the one that was the heir of the family, and you could listen. He would listen, and you could listen to him, and he'd give you a piece of advice. You know, and, and that's all it's about is just me giving out this little, you know, 20-something-odd-minute diatribe of what was bothering me. And... I just needed to do what my father had told me before when he said, take time to make your world right and the world around you will be right again. And that's what I did today. So I'm taking the time to make my world right and the world around me will be right again on Tuesday. Folks, I'm Rob McIntosh. This is the Unsilent Majority Coaches Quips. Again, make sure you get out there and vote. Make sure we take care of each other. And try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.